We are into a brand new week of Mountain Bike Talk SA. I'm your host, Brad Brown. Good to be with you once again. Thanks for your time and for downloading and listening to this weekly podcast on the South African mountain biking scene. Uh, yeah, coming up in this week's show, talking to a rising star of the mountain bike scene, Zandile Ndlovu. Uh, yeah, fascinating chat with Zandile. Hopefully it'll fire you up to do great things as well. And then we've uh, had a couple of emails in just with regards to injuries and that sort of thing. And I caught up with our resident physiotherapist, Richard Fairhair, this, uh, this week uh, to chat a little bit about back injuries and how to avoid them, how to look out for them, uh, what causes them, all of that sort of stuff. So uh, a pretty interesting medical chat on Mountain Bike Talk SA this week as well. Also just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm in the process of uh, putting together a list of the essential mountain bikers in South Africa who tweet. So if you follow uh, some really cool mountain bikers, they don't have to be professionals. They could just be really inspiring or, or have great content. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at MTB Talk SA. You can also pop us a message on Facebook if you'd like. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash MTB Talk SA. Or you could pop me an email and let me know that way. Podcast at mtbtalksa.co.za. We've also, just so you know, made the switch over to a new platform uh, where our sound is going to be hosted from. If you download this through iTunes, nothing changes for you. Uh, but if you listen to it on our website, you'll be pleased to know we've got a, a much more interactive playout system. Uh, we're using SoundCloud, uh, which is pretty cool because there's an Android app as well through SoundCloud. So uh, in the past, we've only been able to, to listen to it and download it through uh, the Apple framework. But now... Through SoundCloud, you can do it on Android as well. Just head over to mtbtalksa.co.za. Uh, go to uh, one of the posts for the podcast, and you'll see the player there. You can just link through to SoundCloud. It also allows you to share it a lot easier. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Go check it out. I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, but uh, without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show. And our first chat this week is with Zandi. Mountain Bike Talk SA this week, and uh, I love chatting to athletes who are just way better than I am. It just fires me up, and hopefully it fires you up too. And this week on the show, uh, I'm really chuffed to be catching up with uh, Team Best Med ASGs, Zandi and Lovo. Zandili, welcome on to the show. Thanks for, for chatting to us today. Thanks for having me. Zandi, I, when I, I chatted to you off air, I, I asked if you had a real job or if you if you just cycle because I, I know my sort of dream would be to be able to spend my life on a bicycle and, and fund my lifestyle that way, but sometimes it's not that practical. Uh, you work pretty hard for a living as well as uh, race bicycles. Tell us what you do in, in the real world. I put that in inverted commas. It's a pity that it's actually a real world, but I work for Bedvest. Um, I'm a business development manager. Okay, so you've got you've got quite a quite a high powered sort of job. It's not like you you, you work in an eight to five and that's it. You can clock out and go and take time off whenever you want to go ride your bicycle. I mean, you've got some serious responsibilities. How do you get the juggling right between uh, work and, and play? Well, I've found that my my mountain biking is so so important. It's like crucial to my living. So on most, if I ever run out of leave, it's just a question of what needs to be paid. And I take unpaid leave. So it's just a matter of working harder the week before and the week after. So if I need to go to a stage race, it's putting in the hours before and putting in the hours when I come back to make for the time that I've, to make up for the time that I've been gone. But, um, that's what it just comes down to. It's just such a crazy passion that 
unpaid leave is a visited place quite often. <laughs> how, how does the boss cope with it? Uh, everyone knows that it's my passion. And I mean, you don't, you never want to take away from your staff's passion. If that's what drives me, you almost, there's a need to fuel it because then it just keeps me producing productive at my best. So I'm lucky enough to have a manager who absolutely understands and lets me have the best of both worlds, which is pretty awesome. I think I think that's pretty important, and, and I'm glad you touched on that because uh, I mean, if you and, and this is just an aside. I mean, as, as an employer, if you if you have employees, I mean, first of all, you want them to be healthy and, and fit because that's just going to yes. it's going to benefit you. It's it's less sick days at the end of the day and that sort of thing. And and it it is important to have that balance. You don't want it just to be about work. That that if if you do have an employee who who's who's pretty good at what they do, maybe from an athletic point of view. You want to yeah. sort of enable that and, 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 and encourage it. You absolutely do want to um, encourage that. You want to always be balanced. I think that's my biggest thing. I've learned to, to be a little bit more balanced without yeah, working too much and training too hard and abandoning family, which tends to happen. Yeah, the, the juggle the juggle is difficult. Sunny, tell me a little bit about your mountain biking. How did, how did you get into the sport? Well, um, I moved, I started working for iTech. iTech Connect Group, they do, they sponsor mountain biking. So they sponsor Joburg to see Sunny, Bergenbosch and all of that. And when they got into sponsoring mountain biking, the long and the short is my managing director sent me to run the business center. And our first run was just, it was horrible. And he sent me again to Joburg to see, and I said, but you know, what makes you think I'm going to get right this time? And he was like, Zanz, I trust you. And I ran over to see, and the Sunny to see group came by, and one guy said, you know, get a bike. And I said, I don't have 40,000 rand for a bicycle. And he was saying, not every bicycle is 40 grand. I just bought my girlfriend a 3,000 rand bike. Go get a bike. And, yeah, I saved up for a few months, and I was two grand short, and I marched up to my managing director's office. And I said, Gavin, I need two grand. You're allowed to say no, but I want a bicycle now. I'll pay you at the end of the month. And he said, he just sat back and he said, if you do three races and you finish them, you don't have to pay me back. And I guess I've just been lucky that way. And I got my bicycle and I've never looked back. That is such a cool story. I love that. How long ago was it? <laughs> uh, that was just under two years ago. I think that is flipping awesome. That that man deserves a bells, I think. There's no doubt. That is, he does. That is, that is amazing. I love hearing stories like that. It gives me goosebumps because, I mean, how athletic were you before that? Um, I, always, I used to play hockey. So it's not that I was not doing anything. And, yeah, I played hockey, and I guess the transition took its, took its toil because at one point the hockey and the mountain biking were so equally important to me. It's hard to have two loves. One has to win. So the hockey had to take a step down because I was playing a hockey match in the morning, three hours mountain biking. Afterwards, I was a mess. So one had to win and the mountain biking won. And I still play a bit of hockey, but more biking. And, and you've just uh, what is it about mountain biking that, that, that's just made you fall in love with it? Oh, my word. It's, it's getting away from the norm. I think we get, we get so caught up in, in the rat race. And I mean, especially when you live in Joburg, it's all about work and sitting in traffic and an end, but then just being able to get away and you climb the highest mountains to earn the most beautiful views that you would never, ever see, you know, in your life. And I have this thing that for every beautiful sight that just takes your breath away, that you're like adding years to your, 
to your life. Like when you're 80 and you're looking back and you remember the top of the mountain on sunny to see day one and you just think, oh my word, take me now. You know, these are these are memories that just fuel you. It's, it's health. That's what it is. It's health. And you you work, you work for it. You know, you're not going to see those beautiful sights at home. You have to get on a bike to get to them. Yeah, and it's it's sanity as well. For me, it's 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 almost like, I mean, especially with the stresses, and you mentioned about living in Joburg, and, and I think yeah. all the major centers have that to, to a degree where, where, you, where you do, you get caught up in the hustle and bustle, and you need a bit of an escape to switch off and let go of all that. And, and yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it that, that mountain biking definitely does that. And, and the cool thing is, I don't, I don't think it matters where you stay, you can find somewhere close to where you live that it doesn't feel like you're in a big city. You can, you can off-road a little bit and have fun and almost be a kid again. I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, I mean, I think if you've ever seen me on, if you ever see me anywhere on whatever race, I've, I grew up being a tomboy. And, obviously, when you grow up being a tomboy, you eventually have to transition into being a girl. And in the work environment, everyone expects you to behave a certain way. And I feel like such a child when I get on that bike I'm reminded of just that tomboy Zandy, that Zandy who can just freaking go crazy. You know, it's it's that five-year-old that gets to live. And I think it's the five-year-old that revives the older Zandy and just keeps a nice balance. It's it's sanity. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's be, being allowed to climb trees again. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the, yeah. the feeling almost. And Zandy, I mean, it's, it's three years since you bought that first bike. You're pretty decent on the bike as well. When did you realize you had you had some ability? Well, it's actually about two years. Um, I, I think, I don't know when I noticed it, but I just, I have such a mess of love. And I was given the privilege to ride the first day of Sunny to Sea while I was working for iTech, and I just fell so in love with it. The, the beautiful places that you saw, but also my technical ability arrived before my actual endurance, if I could say, because I spent so much time at Bike Park in Bryanston. And I don't know, when I actually bumped into Shan on one of the days at Sunny to See, I don't know what he was doing at the back, but he had two lighties with him. And I'll never forget going down the switchbacks. And my bike started freaking going like it does on a downhill and I managed to, to grasp it and manage it and, and everyone always used to say, Oh my gosh, your technical is ridiculous. And yeah, over time I was like, maybe I'm not so bad in my technical. And luckily with more training, the, the endurance and the speed has met the technical and yeah, it's becoming even more amazing. Because the technical, I, I mean, let's be honest, the, the technical ability is, is, is a lot of times what, what, puts people off doing the longer and more tough sort of stage races. You mentioned the bike park in Bryanston. Would, 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 would you suggest if someone's getting going to like literally just spend hours and hours and hours doing that as opposed to maybe spending hours and hours in the saddle doing long flat stuff just to get that endurance up first? Yes, I definitely say, I mean, when I first started mountain biking, I spent three, four hours there or six hours on a Saturday I'd pack lunch go ride for two hours, come back, sit on the grass by myself, eat, and then get back in the trails. And that has that has grown me. It's grown me in my ability to handle my bike. And you fall, which is natural. If you stop falling, you stop learning. You need to take chances. And I remember when I went for skills training with Sean Bodenost, um, 
you know, he even said to me, he said, you're not doing too badly. And I went and I rode Cape Pioneer. He could not believe that I rode all of the downhills there. When people were walking, I just, you know, that's my, that's my happy place. Anything that's technical, I kid you not, my heart becomes like a child. And it's, yeah, you, you need to work at it like anything in life. You have to work at it and you earn the reward with scars and bruises later, but you are stronger. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you talk about that that skills course with Sean as well. We've had we've had Sean on on the show to to actually chat about that skills course as well. I mean, would you recommend yeah. it for someone who's who's getting going in the sport and 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 sort of wants to learn a little bit more from the uh, from the technical point of view? I absolutely would. I absolutely would. On every single technical downhill, I picture Sean before I actually even ride any bit of it. You know, the things that he taught me, it's the simple things that just completely changes your riding. And on any technical course, I always think back to him. I always send him messages and say, thanks for teaching me that. This is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And, and if you want to find out more about those skills courses, by the way, uh, we did chat to, to Sean in the first episode, funnily enough, of Mountain Bike Talk SA. So you can go to www.mtbtalksa.ca forward slash one, and you can find out all about those courses as well. And then, Sandy, looking looking ahead, I mean, what what what's your ambitions as far as as mountain biking goes? Where do you, where where do you see the the sport taking you? Sure, I hope it takes me pretty far. I have such a crazy love for it. I hope it like smashes back into me with like awesome love. I want I want to get so strong. Um, I love cross country. I want to look more into racing cross country. I want to look into downhilling, which looks so in, intensely crazy, but I think that would be amazing. I love my stage races, and I just all I want to do is get super strong. It'd be great if I podium one day, but you know it all comes with time, and I'm putting my hours in, and hopefully one day I'll see the rewards. Or I mean, even though I am actually starting to see that, yeah. Talk talk me through a through a, a day for for Zanin Glover. I mean, you're working you're working full time. You've got this crazy love for mountain biking. You race hard on weekends. What does a, a normal day look like for you? A uh, normal day looks like waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> stumbling out of bed, coffee, breakfast, at gym by 5. I train with um, train with my coach, Joanne, and from 5 till 7, train on the bike, shower, go to work, work from 8 till 4, get home, get on the bike for about another hour, and then call it quits. So it depends on a day. It'll be 2 to 3 hours of training, depending on how much time I have. And, and that is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday is my longer rides, and Sunday is my longer rides. And, and race-wise, am, ambitions. I mean, you, you, you've you've been lucky enough to to race some of South Africa's uh, amazing, amazing races. I mean, let's be honest, we've probably got the best the best sort of mountain biking races in the world. There's so many of them. We're so spoiled for choice from sort of like okay. one-day classics to, to stage races. What's still on, on, on the bucket list for you? Like dream, dream race. What, what do you want to do? Hmm. Jeez. Bucket list in South Africa? Yeah. Um, well, you can do locally, well, like, locally and internationally. Let's do that. Well, I think I'd love to do the Trans Alps because I've done quite a few of the, I've managed, I've been blessed enough to do most of the stage races in South Africa already. I've done Epic, I've done Piney, I've done Sani. I'd love to do Joburg to see, but I'd, I think the Trans Alps has an aspect to it. And there's another race that, um, Oli Munich did. It was 
somewhere overseas. I actually can't remember what it was called, but every day they rode the most craziest single track. I actually need to find that and do it because it, it's just every day was, you know, 60 or 70 kilometers of just pure single track riding. And that for me is just, that's me in my element, which <laughs> would be amazing. It's your, your happy place. Yo, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then, as far as the team goes that that you're racing for, tell me a little bit about the team. Uh, the team is made up of a few freaking awesome girls. Uh, there's four road racing girls, so it's only Linda, Ashley, and Pierre. And there's two junior girls, Michelle and Paige, and myself. Um, there's a new also. Um, a new addition to the team, Desiree. The girls mostly road race. They race road, <laughs> and I race mountain bike. The girls tend to visit my side of the world, and I visit 